So we, we started this brand new series, and uh, it's going to go over the next few weeks. It's called Miracles. And uh, we're going to be looking at some different miracles throughout the Bible. But just to kind of set the, the scene here this morning, let me tell you what the dictionary defines as a miracle. Okay, The dictionary definition of a miracle is as follows. Um, it is an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers. And it's ascribed to a supernatural cause. Okay, so that's what we're talking about here. That's the context of what we're talking about here when we talk about miracles. We're not talking about magic tricks or illusions. You know, this isn't like a, a David Blaine or a Darren Brown thing, anything like this. Okay, these are miracles unexplained that, that we as followers of Jesus attribute to God at work in the world in which we live. Now, now, maybe there are some who think, oh, you know, I, uh, it, maybe it's some kind of an illusion. But I, I want to explain how illusions work this morning, okay? Because you may not know this, but I am actually an accomplished magician. Uh, yes, yes, it's true. I don't, I don't tell a lot of people that. It's, uh, I don't want to brag, but yes. And um, so I'm going to show you a magic trick this morning to illustrate what an illusion is, okay? So you ready? Here we go. Watch carefully. Ah. How did that happen? Uh, here, I'll show you again. Wait, you're watching? It's amazing. But here's the thing, okay? Because some of you are still amazed. If you were to slow down any magic trick, there's always just that, a trick, an illusion of some sort. Watch. As I slow it down, this finger goes down, and this one goes up. Guys, did you catch that? Uh-huh. See? All these guys here in the front row, they're like, awesome, I've learned a new trick. So, all right, that was stupid. But, um, <laughs> but I use it as an illustration to say, you know what, with all different magic tricks, if there was a way to slow them down or if there was a way to get behind the scenes or if there was a way to, to examine the box that's being sawn in half, we would inevitably find what the secret is, what the trick is. But, you know, as somebody who, who follows Jesus and loves Jesus, I read about these, these things that took place throughout the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that were attributed as miracles. And I don't believe they were sleight of hand. I don't believe they were illusions. I believe they were a God, a God who is outside of, of time and space as we know it, who interacted with humankind, interacted with, with mankind in the world to show his power, to demonstrate his power through what we call a miracle, through what the dictionary defines as um, something that surpasses all known human or natural powers. So over the next three weeks, we're going to look at three different miracles and we're actually going to look at three different miracles that took place in three very different situations. One of them this morning was um, in the life of Jesus. Um, next week, we're going to look at another one that took place after Jesus in the life of his disciples. And then on the final week, three weeks from now, we're going to go right back into the Old Testament and look at another miracle. Even before Jesus came, God was at work in the life of his people. So we're also going to dig a little deeper over the next few weeks into why God does miracles. Why would God even do miracles? But for this morning, I just want to dive straight into this, this first one because I can't wait to, to, to look at this, this miracle that we're going to talk about this morning. It took place during the life of Jesus. And um, if you're new here to church, there are, there are four letters that are written, four books that are written by four authors named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the four of them, they, they wrote the account of the life of Jesus. So there were four different people who all had an insight into the life of Jesus, and they wrote down what they recalled or what they saw take place in Jesus' life. So these four authors, they have all these amazing stories of the teachings of Jesus and the, the miracles of Jesus and the life of Jesus. 
And one of them by the name of Mark, he tells the story of the miracle that we're going to look at this morning. So if you want to follow along, we're actually going to go to Mark chapter 2. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we'll have the words on the screen. But let's read about this miracle that took place. So in Mark chapter 2, verse 2, it says, When Jesus returns to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was home. You see, by now, word had got out that this this man, Jesus, amazing things were happening. He was teaching with an authority that people had never seen from the rabbis, the teachers, uh, the religious teachers before. This man, Jesus, was teaching with a new authority. Miracles were taking place. Lives were being changed. So, So word was getting out. So when Jesus was in town, people knew about it. And this is one of those situations, so much so that we discover that soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. So you imagine this packed house, even pouring outside into the streets, all to see Jesus, all to hear Jesus speak. While he was preaching God's words to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there, they thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat, And go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and he walked out through the stunned onlookers. Do you know, I love this. I was just thinking about this as I was reading through um, my notes this morning. This guy couldn't get in. The crowds, they just couldn't. He couldn't get through. There was too many people. They couldn't get through. But I tell you what, when he got up off his mat and walked, they're like, okay, (laughs) let's make room for this guy. (laughs) I want to see this. You know, suddenly the crowd's parting as this guy comes through because the stunned onlookers all wanted to see. It says they were amazed, all amazed, and they praised God, God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything anything like this before. It was a miracle. Jesus had had healed this paralyzed man. What an incredible miracle. And what a great miracle to start this series off with. You see, I actually, I, I, I love whenever Jesus performs these miracles. Because when I was studying for this, um, I, I came across this. It says that Jesus' miracles either met a serious human need that required, in first century Palestine, a miraculous intervention, so like a, a healing, or, so they did one of two things, either met a serious human need, or they confirmed his own identity and, and authority as the Son of God. And this miracle did both. In this miracle, in this moment, Jesus heals a man who had a serious physical need, but he also demonstrated to everyone present his authority as the Son of God in that he said, my son, your sins are forgiven. You know, this wasn't the first or only person that Jesus had healed. 
But here's what I like about this particular miracle. And here's why I wanted to speak for a little bit this morning on this particular subject. You see, in this particular miracle, it was the friends that brought the guy to Jesus. You know, this guy was healed because Jesus, through the the, the power of God, was able to, to heal him. But really, this guy would never have experienced that healing had his friends not brought him to Jesus. This was a group effort. We don't know much about this particular guy, but we do know that he wished to be healed. And we also know that he wasn't alone in that. He had at least four friends who cared an awful lot about him too and who wanted to see him healed. In fact, this impacted Jesus so much that listen to what Jesus said. In verse 5 of Mark chapter 2, it says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. He's not just saying, hey, seeing the faith of the guy who wants to be healed, seeing the desire of this man who wants to be healed, I see all of your desire. I see the fact that this is a group effort, that every one of you has played a part in this miracle. That it's the combined faith. All of you have played a part in this. It's a group effort. I think that Jesus in that phrase acknowledged that it was the passion, the desire, the determination of his friends to do whatever it took that led to this man being healed. That's what Jesus saw in that moment. That's why I love this miracle. That's why I want to spend some time talking about this particular miracle over and above all the other different miracles that happened in the life of Jesus. Because this morning, we could very easily ask ourselves this question, Dave, that's a great story. I love hearing about how Jesus healed him. But, you know, 2,000 years later, how does this really impact my life today? Well, I think first and foremost, it gives us a great reminder of the miraculous work of Jesus, the Son of God in flesh. It reminds us the way that he introduced the people of that day to a God who loved and cared for them. And it's great to to read these stories and become familiar with these stories. You know, if you're new here this morning, maybe you're not a regular church goer, and this is kind of maybe a little bit overwhelming. You're like, Dave, I kind of want to get more involved, but where do I start? I've I've been coming for a while now, and I I open the Bible, and I just, I'm never really sure where to start. You know, a great place to start is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because they tell the story of the life of Jesus. And it's an awesome place. Maybe you're here, and you've been in church all your life. Do you know what? It's a great place to start reading the Bible again. Get back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read about the life of Jesus. Familiarize yourself with the miracles that he performed, the teachings that he gave. It's great to get to know more about Jesus. Because he did so much. Listen to what one of the other authors who talked about Jesus, a guy by the name of John, listen to what he said in John 21 verse 25. It says that Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So John's telling us here, listen, when it comes to miracles, we're just telling you about some of them. There were so many more. Jesus did so much in that short space of time, those those three years that he was in ministry. He did so much. So we should be reading those books and familiarizing ourselves with what Jesus did and, and how much he changed those, the lives of those people because he wants to change our lives as well today. Just like he changed their lives, I, I believe that Jesus still wants to change our lives today. So it's great to know these stories, to, to read them, to learn more about them. 
But I happen to also think that there's something um, quite practical in this story that we can apply to our lives this morning based upon this miracle. You see, I know because we're coming up here in three or four weeks' time, it'll be September the 7th, to our one-year anniversary. Connect Church will be one year old, and we are really excited about that. It's going to be a good Sunday. So put that date on your calendar. We're going to celebrate that day and uh, celebrate all that God's done over the last year. But it just amazes me that it was a, oh, it was a year ago. It seems like so much has happened since then that we were sat with, with some of you in, in launch team meetings, we call them, where we gathered together and we prayed about what Connect Church would look like and what our goals were and what our vision was. And, and one of our, our visions, one of our main visions was if this church, when it starts, we want to reach people that haven't yet met this Jesus. We believe there are people living in Washington and the surrounding communities that haven't had an encounter yet with Jesus. And we want Connect Church to be an environment, to be a place where people can come and discover that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died for them, that Jesus wants to make a difference in their life now, and that Jesus wants to impact their eternity So that was the message we wanted to share, and and it's been brilliant to see that over the last year. I look around this room this morning, and, and, and there's many faces I don't recognize, but there's many that I do. And I know there's stories behind some of the faces that I do recognize of how you came to connect. And like the guy on the mat, some of you can say, Dave, since coming to connect, Jesus has changed my life. Just in the last year, just like the guy on the mat, Jesus has made a difference in my life. He's made a difference in the lives of our family. Right now, my my kids are next door or down the hall, and they're learning about Jesus. He's made a difference in their lives. I love hearing those stories. I talked to a guy this week. He said he was driving, and the windows were down in his van, and his his two-year-old daughter was in the back, and she's screaming something. He couldn't hear because the windows were down, so he he put the windows up. He's like, honey, what are you saying? And she goes, God's word is better than gold. He's like, awesome, (laughs) because that's the theme right now in the pre-K room. They were talking about pirates, and God's word is better than gold. And and this two-year-old girl is just shouting that at the top of her lungs. And and I love that in the last year, kids and mums and dads and grandparents and adults, and and so many of you are here, and you've experienced God in a brand new way. Jesus has impacted your life much the same way as this man on the mat who encountered Jesus. As a result, some of you who've experienced Jesus in a new way, you've gone from being the man on the mat to one of his friends. Not only have you experienced Jesus in a new way, but you've actually gone from being not just the man on the mat to being one of his friends. You see, in this story, the friends wanted the guy to meet with Jesus just as much as he did. Maybe even more. They're the ones that carried the guy all the way. Maybe they even had more anticipation of what Jesus was going to do in this man's life than he did. Because they put the work in. They're like, come on. And some of you have gone from being the man on the mat that experienced Jesus to being one of the friends saying, listen, I want you to come with me. I want you to experience what I've experienced. And on a regular basis, I meet people at Connect, and, and they'll be new, and I'll say, hey, it's great to meet you. You know, how did you find out about us? What brought you here this morning? They'll say, oh, my friends told me about it. They've been coming for a while now. They said I should come and check it out. And, uh, or my neighbor invited me, or, or one of the mums at, at school, or whoever it may be, they invited me. And, and, and you, some of you, it's because you've gone from being the man on the mat to the friends, and now you're telling your friends about Connect Church. And they're coming along. You know, I got to do a, uh, a wedding here recently, uh, a couple of months ago. 
brilliant young couple, uh, new to Connect, have only really been coming in the last six to eight months. And uh, when I sat down to do their uh, counseling ahead of time, and I was like, so how did you start coming to Connect? They said, well, actually, these friends invited us. And I know who, who they were talking about, this young couple who have been coming to Connect since we started. And they said they invited us, and, and now we're coming. So we got to know one another, great couple. I do the wedding. And when I arrive at the wedding... Um, I know the bride and groom. They're the ones I'm marrying. I know this couple who had invited them to church. They were there as well. They were in the wedding party. I know no one else. No one else at this whole wedding. So we do the ceremony. Everything goes well. And then um, I wasn't staying for the reception, but I needed to get the, the, uh, the license. That's kind of important. That's part of my job. I have to sign that thing and get it in the mail. So I uh, couldn't leave without that. So uh, I'm kind of hanging around afterwards. The reception hadn't actually begun yet. And I'm hanging around. And there were people just mingling and gathering. So the bride and groom, they're off getting their pictures taken. So it's just me and this young couple. They were the ones who um, had come to connect. They'd invited this couple to connect. And, and they were just telling me how much they enjoy it here at church, how they're always inviting their friends. So it's just me, these two, and no one else I know. But they know all these people. So every time someone's kind of in the vicinity, they're like, hey, come here, come here. This is Dave Jane. He's the pastor at our church. It's a great church. You should come along to Connect Church. Shouldn't, shouldn't they, Dave? They should come to Connect Church. What do you think? And me, stranger. I don't know what's in that stranger's mind. I don't know what his views are of church. Maybe he's gone to church all his life. Maybe he hasn't. Maybe he loves church. Maybe he hates church. Maybe he loves Christians. Maybe to him, Christians are evil. I don't know. But suddenly, I'm, I am everything that he has, every preconceived idea that he has of church, Christianity, and there's me and him. And I'm like, hey, yeah, so what about that Jesus, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, mean, I, I love the passion of this young couple. They were just throwing me on the spot because they were so excited about what God's doing in their life. They were so excited about being a part of Connect Church that they wanted their friends to come along. So all these, you know, these random people in this, this wedding party and the guests, they're like, hey, come meet this guy. You should come to this church. And I loved seeing their passion. I loved it that, that they're just one of many families and couples out there that, that you do, that you're, you're with your friends and you're like, hey, let me tell you about this, this great church we go to. So some of you have experienced Jesus. Some of you have experienced him. He's made such a difference in your life that, that you're now telling your friends. You're like the, the four guys at each corner of the mat. You're like, I've got to get my friends there. I've got to get my friends to experience Jesus like I've experienced him. And that's brilliant. And we are super excited that you've been doing that. And your friends and neighbors, they've been coming. And some of them have come back. Some of them have come the first time and they're like, whoa. But a lot have come back. And on a regular basis, they're coming back. And as a result, here at Connect Now, we've actually come up against a little bit of a challenge. We've experienced our own miracle as a church over the last 12 months. We've experienced here at Connect Church the miracle of growth. I love that, that slide we were using there, just the idea of the miracle of growth. That's, that's us. Do you know, over the summer, with people traveling and vacationing, we actually prepared ourselves as leaders and uh, in the different areas around the church to kind of see our attendance drop a little bit because people are on vacation, the sun's shining, they're waking up thinking, look at the weather. We can go to church, we can go to the pool. Let's go to the pool. You know, so we were kind of preparing for that happening during the summer. But you know what? It didn't. Now, actually, people did travel, people did go, go on vacation, but, but for some reason, other people still came. So instead of our numbers declining across the summer, they actually maintained and even grew. So throughout the summer, our numbers started to grow a bit. And it was a miracle, but this miracle has presented us with a challenge. 
You see, we love meeting here at Washington Middle School, but it's meant that our kids' classrooms that we use, they've grown in number. Classrooms that once held eight to 10 kids now have 20 plus kids on a regular basis. In our K through five area, right outside this room here, they, they have a great large group gathering, but then they break down into small groups by grades. And these groups used to be six or seven kids. Now they're 10, 12, sometimes 14 kids in one grade group of, of kids. Our check-in, I, 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 thank you for your patience. I, it's, the lines are getting longer and longer because parents are bringing kids and um, there's a lot of people coming. And we love that and we, we recognize that for what it is. It's a miracle, but it's presented some challenges for us here at Connect Church. And now in a couple of weeks, actually not a couple of weeks, this week, I just prayed about it. This week, the traveling comes to an end, schools back in. Everyone will be back on a more consistent basis. And we expect that challenge to get even greater. So I share all that to share what's really kind of a, a bit of an announcement here this morning in this message. That after a lot of prayer and a lot of thought, a lot of discussion amongst leaders here at Connect, and for me personally, a lot of input from friends of mine who are pastors of more established churches who, have, who are further down the road of their church life than we are. And also after really clearly hearing from God. You know, I've prayed a lot about this, and there's a lot of um, sensible reasons for what I'm about to announce, but I really prayed even this week saying, God, I need to know that it's you is in this. I need to know this is your will for us here at Connect Church. And I, I, I can't tell you the story this morning. I'm going to tell you it next week. I'm really <laughs> baiting you for next week. You're going to come back next week. But this amazing story of how God just really confirmed to me this week that he was in this. But we've come to a point as leaders here at Connect Church that we've decided that from the end of September, we have no alternative but to go to two services on a Sunday morning instead of one. So that's going to be happening here. So that's exciting. You know, that's, that's being presented with this challenge. And we're saying, listen, we're, we're going to have to go to two services to handle this. But let me be transparent with you here this morning. Can I be real honest with you just for a second? There's a part of me that would just really rather stay how we are. I don't like change. I know that with change, there come new challenges and, and, and different things that happen. But, but here's the problem that I have with that. When I line up the facts that um, maybe it's not a desire of mine to change, that kind of thing, there is a desire of mine to see the lives of people change. There's a huge desire of mine to see people who have yet to come to, to Connect Church, who have yet to discover Jesus, I want to see their lives change. And if creating two services instead of one means that we can reach more people in this community and the surrounding communities that haven't yet discovered Jesus the way some of us here this morning have discovered him, I'm willing to go through whatever change, whatever discomfort, whatever challenges they may bring because I passionately want to see people fall in love with Jesus. I want them to discover Jesus like I've discovered him. I want to hear them tell stories of some of the stories we've heard told over the last year. If you were here on Easter Sunday, you remember we showed a video of a man by the name of Rodney. His family, they came to connect. I think it was a postcard in the mail that drew them in originally. They were not churchgoers. But God got a hold of their life. And through different circumstances, through the tornado, God just started to really work in their lives. And now Jesus is a huge part of their lives. Jesus is their Lord and Savior. He's changed them. And I know that there are others like Rodney out there. There are still people here in this community that have yet to experience that miracle 
of an encounter with Jesus. So I, I say again, if going to two services gives those people more options, more opportunities to hear about Jesus, I'm willing to go through whatever it takes because I can't get away from this fact. Jesus loves people. And we as the local church, we are the hope that they have of hearing that message. I'm passionate about both those things. I'm passionate. I believe that Jesus loves people and that we here, as part of the local church, um, we are a vessel that can reach those people for Jesus. So, you know, there's, there's one other thing about the miracle in this story that I wanted to, to spend some time thinking about this morning. And that's the idea about these friends. I want to think just a little bit more here this morning about those four friends that brought that guy to meet Jesus. You see, we don't know this for sure, and I'm going to speculate here. This is purely imagination, purely fantasy, but, but what if there happened to be another group of friends that day? What if there happened to be another guy who, who couldn't walk? He was on a mat. I mean, it's, it's, it's possible. And what if that guy wanted to be healed by Jesus, and, and he had four friends that carried him? What if they brought him to the house and they had every intention of seeing him experience a miracle? They had every intention of believing that Jesus was going to heal him. But when they got to the house and they looked and they saw the crowds, they said, oh, buddy, I'm sorry. It's, it's not going to work. We can't get in. I mean, they're not just crowding the house. I mean, they're outside the house and everything. And, man, I'm sorry. We tried. You know, we carried you all the way here. So, uh. We'll, we'll take you home. We'll, maybe we'll try again tomorrow. Maybe next week. Hopefully Jesus doesn't move on. You know, we'll, we'll try again another time. And they pick their friend up and they walk home. You know, they could actually go home feeling pretty good because, hey, they carried their friend all the way there. But we know that that's not what happens with these four friends. You see, they arrived and they faced an obstacle. The obstacle was that this guy is crippled, he's, he's paralyzed, he's on a mat, and they can't get in to see Jesus. So I imagine what took place at that moment. We don't know this from the scriptures, but I like to do this sometimes. I like to kind of just imagine what was going on. I picture those four guys. Maybe they kind of laid the guy on the mat, and he's like, don't worry, guys. You know, hey, you, you tried. They, they come over. They're like, hey, guys, huddle up. Come on. Let, let's, let's think about this. What can we do? And... Uh, Maybe they're feeling kind of a bit discouraged, but one of the guys, he's just that optimistic guy. He's like, hey, there's always a way to do it. There's, you know, it just took one of them. Maybe he was the optimistic guy. He's like, we can do this. Come on, guys. Let's think about this. How can we, how can we get this guy in to see Jesus? We've brought him all this way. Come on, there's got to be a way. And then the other three are like, yeah, yeah, you're right. There, there must be a way. And, and one of the guys, he says, hey, you know what? A few months ago, my wife bought a piano and we couldn't get it through the door. We had to lift it up and carry it through the window. And I know they didn't have pianos in those days, but maybe, maybe, he, was, maybe he was experiencing something. He said, hey, listen, I remember we faced a similar obstacle like this and, and we had to you know, get creative. And then one guy says, hey, you know what? Um, I, I work on roofs for a living and, and I'm looking at that house. I think I might have done that roof. I, I think if I can get up there on that roof, I might be able to pull away some of those tiles and some of that straw and some of that stuff that makes that roof. And, and if only we had some rope, we could lower him down. The fourth guy's like, guys, i got some rope. I've got some rope back in my house. I, I can help as well. He's, he runs home and he grabs the rope. And suddenly you've got this teamwork, these four guys. They're all working together. And between the four of them, and like I say, please don't go home and reread that story and say, you know, I don't remember that, but that's how Dave told it. So I guess that's how it happened. And, and you're telling your friends tomorrow at work and they're like, guys, that's not in the Bible. Okay, that's just me speculating of what might have happened. But I do know this. I know that whatever conversation took place, there were four friends here that weren't willing to be easily deterred. 
There were four friends here that were willing to say, hey, listen, we've come this far. I, I, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get our friends to see Jesus, to get our friends to have the experience, the, the miracle that he needs. You know, I talked here about, you know, maybe you're that person here this morning who, like the guy on the mat, has experienced Jesus. Maybe you've gone to being that person here this morning that's like one of his friends who wants to, to, to bring your friends to Jesus, who wants to bring your friends and say, hey, listen, you've got to experience Jesus. He's going to change your lives. Or maybe you're like these friends who will say, hey, whatever it takes, I want you to meet with Jesus. Whatever it takes. I don't care if there's a crowd. I don't care if it's going to be difficult. I want to get you up onto the roof. Get you. It's going to be difficult. We're going to have to pull up tires. We're going to have to tie rope. It's going to hurt our backs as we lower you down. But we're willing to go through whatever it takes that you might experience Jesus. So I want to ask this morning, is, is that the kind of person you feel like you are? Whatever it takes. Because here's why I ask that question. The reality is that some of you, you're smart, the, the, the wheels are already turning, you figure this out. How great is it that we're going to go to two services? That's wonderful. More people will come, better experience, but you know what? It's going to take more work. When we go to two services, we're going to need more help. We're going to need more volunteers. In fact, maybe some of you aren't, um, you know, strong in maths. Let me help you. We're going to need twice as many volunteers, okay? It's, it's a very complicated math equation. There was one service. Now there's going to be two. We had one set of volunteers. Now we need two sets of volunteers, okay? So um, there's a bigger need now. But this is a great opportunity for some of you here this morning because we're now giving you an opportunity to be like one of these friends in the story and say, hey, listen, whatever it takes, I want to be like one of those guys in the story who's not going to be deterred. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I want people to experience Jesus like I've experienced Jesus. In the last year since being a part of Connect, I've experienced Jesus in a new way. And I want others to experience that. I want my friends to experience that. I want strangers who I don't know yet to experience that. And that may cost me a little bit extra, but I'm willing to do that. You know, maybe some of you here this morning, you didn't want to choose up till now to serve because the reality was that even if you just served once or twice a month, it meant choosing between um, serving, especially in the Connect Kids area, or attending a service. And that's tough because I know some of you love being here on a Sunday, you love worshiping, you love being a part of this large group, and it was hard to choose one over the other. Well, now you don't have to. With two services, when you serve, you can come and you can serve, and then you can stay for the next service. Or you can come to church to our first service and then you can stay late and serve in the second service. It'll be a great opportunity for those of you that that was an obstacle. Maybe some of you, you just didn't really want to work. You just wanted to come to church for you. But let me remind you again that if that was the attitude of any one of these four friends, this miracle may never have happened. And this guy may never have been healed. I believe there are some miracles waiting to happen that can only happen if you're willing to say, I'm willing to do my part, whatever it takes. I'll serve where necessary because I want to see lives changed for Jesus. Some of you are going to say this. You're going to say, I'm going to serve in Connect Kids. Kids terrify me, but I'm going to serve there anyway. Because when I first came to Connect, one of the things that drew me and my family in was the experience that my kids had I loved it when we would leave church and they'd tell me, Dad, this is what we learned this morning. Or when we were driving in the car and they're shouting at the top of their lungs, God's word is better than gold. I loved that. 
And as we grow, and as it becomes more crowded in there, I don't want people to not experience what my kids experienced because we don't have the volunteers to move to two services. So I'm going to step up because I know that that will then create that environment in that kid's area for other families to experience what I first experienced. It'll give their kids the opportunity to have close contact with their small group leaders. So in actual fact, I'm not going to serve for what I'll get out of it, although some of you will be amazed at what you do get out of it. You'll say, I'm not going to serve for what I'm going to get out of it, but because it means that someone else's children will get to learn about Jesus in the greatest environment possible. I want to be like the friend in the story who will stop at nothing to see that miracle take place. So that's the challenge I want to leave with all of us this morning. And you know what? If I just shared this and left it right there, I'd be doing you a disservice. Because I believe right now, God is stirring in some of your hearts that desire to say, I want to be a part of that. I want to be like that friend in the story who was willing to to do no matter what, to go that little bit further, to say, hey, I'm not just going to carry you all the way here. I'm going to climb up on the roof. I'm going to get messy here. I'm going to do this. But I want to do whatever it takes because I want you, my friend on the mat, to experience a miracle in your life. And let's be honest, guys, there's, um, there's great churches all over central Illinois. And for some reason, you've chosen to come to a church that meets in a school, that sets up and tears down every week, that there's work involved. But you know what? I think some of you love that. I think that you love being a part of a church that, that involves a little bit of extra work. And I love having some of you involved in the areas in which you're involved. But as we go to those two services, there'll be more opportunities created. So I'm not just going to end with a challenge now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. We have tables at the back right now with sign-up sheets. In just a second here, I'm going to close out and pray. I tried to, yeah, I, I'm, I'm early. <laughs> okay. I need to stop quick here while I'm still early. <laughs> if I go any longer, I'll be late. So um, I deliberately want to stop early so that you don't have to rush straight out and pick up your kids. You can, you can go to the tables, put your name down, say, hey, I'm interested in finding out more. And listen, I promise you, if you as soon as, pen, as soon as ink leaves pen, that's not it. It's not like a set of handcuffs. You're locked in for life. This is you saying, hey, tell me more about what it means to serve in this area. I'm interested about serving in this area. Contact me, and, and we'll have leaders from those areas. We'll call you. They'll say, hey, listen, um, there's, there's not really one area where you'll be required to serve any more than two times a month. So um, some even less than that. Lots of opportunities from setting up, tearing down, connect kids, hospitality, all sorts of different areas. There'll be leaders there that can explain it. But I'm excited that God has created this opportunity. The miracle growth that we've seen, God's created this opportunity for us to move to two services. I'm excited because with two services, we can reach more people. People will come and experience uh, a wonderful environment and not an uh, an environment of overcrowded or a long line at check-in. But for that to happen, we're going to need your help. So that's how I want to wrap up this service. But let me just say one last thing here in conclusion. Because maybe you're here this morning, you're visiting. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you've not yet decided to make that decision to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Because there's one other part about this miracle that I don't want any of you to miss this morning. You see, it would be easy to leave and think, well, the miracle was the man was healed. And it was. It was a great miracle. This was a paralyzed man and an encounter with Jesus healed him and he was able to walk. But even before he healed the man's body, Jesus spoke peace to the man's heart. And he announced that his sins were forgiven. I want you all to understand this morning that forgiveness is the greatest miracle 
that Jesus ever performs. And that he's still performing it today. It meets the greatest need. It costs the greatest price. It brings the greatest blessing. And it carries the most lasting results. Outside of any physical miracle, I want you all to know that Jesus still performs that miracle on a daily basis of forgiving. But it requires us saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. And maybe you're here and you've never asked that of Jesus. And I don't want you to miss out on that miracle that we could all experience this morning. So we're going to pray here this morning. And if you're in a place of saying, I want to know what that means to be forgiven. I want to know that relationship that you're talking about, Dave. Some of these people who have experienced Jesus, they're inviting their friends. Something's changed in their life. I want to experience that change. There's a box on the card. You can check that box. One of us will contact you. We'll talk to you more about that. We'll explain that. We'll, we'll pray with you. But don't leave without experiencing that miracle in your life today. Father God, you are a God who has chosen not to sit silent outside of the universe, but to be involved in our lives. We can have a personal relationship with you. And we can see stories in the Bible, and since then, of miracles, Lord, times where you have interacted with, with humankind. And help us never to um, limit those miracles. Father, there are many in this room, Lord, who can say, I've experienced a miracle in my life because Jesus set me free. I was bound by um, past hurts. I was in a place of just my life was a mess. But when I encountered Jesus, he turned it all around. Our family, our marriage was a mess. Our kids were out of control. But when we encountered Jesus, things changed in our lives. That's a miracle. Lord, I want everyone to experience that miracle. But God, as I've shared this morning as the, the lead pastor here at Connect Church of this exciting opportunity coming up, Lord, but at the same time, Lord, this great need that that presents, I pray, Lord, that everyone here this morning would hear the need, but would also um, see the vision. And with those two together would say, I want to be like the friends in the story, a whatever it takes kind of friends, and I want to be a part of helping so that others who have yet to discover Jesus will come in and experience him like I've experienced him. God bless these fantastic people, I pray. Helps to have a great week to come back next week to learn more about miracles and to get more involved here at Connect Church. In Jesus' name I pray all of this. Amen.